What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com, and I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. And, well, it's a it's a new year, and we're starting off with uh, quite a bang. We've got Afonso Gonsalves, and he's going to be talking to us about the editing of Carol. So, if you haven't seen that film, go check it out. It's in the theaters right now. It's getting rave reviews, and, of course, once you see it, you'll understand why. We focus a lot on the characters and what how the actors sort of emote in this episode. So hopefully you'll really get something out of some of the ideas that Afonso puts forward. Of course, it's it's a new year and it's very exciting. So I'm hoping everyone's enjoying their new year and got their post-production resolutions uh, out of the way or have at least started on them. Uh, of course, the Eddies were announced today. So if you haven't heard who's been nominated for the Eddies, go check them out. And that includes some of the editors that we interviewed during this past fall. So definitely check those films out, but also check out the Eddie Awards. The nominations came out, you can go to the American Cinema Editor's webpage, or of course you can go to AOTG.com and check out the uh, the various posts on that. But in the meantime, let's get to this interview. Here's my interview with Afonso Gonzalez. I'm wondering if you can tell me first how you got involved with this film, because from what I've researched, it was a huge undertaking to get it out of development and into pre-production. So I was wondering, whereabouts did you get involved with this project? I had worked with Todd on uh, Mildred Pierce on the HBO miniseries, so I was already like hoping to work with him again, and we really got along. It was a great experience. So he called me one day and says that he got this job, and I think by the time he contacted me, the thing was, I think he had gone like different directors when they approached him. It was like at the tail end of everything. And then it just went very fast for him to start shooting, start directing, shooting and start cutting. So it was pretty, it was a pretty fast. I think I want to say that he got in touch with me in November and by March I was cutting. So oh, wow. my, on my end, we actually came about very fast. You said you worked with Todd before on, on Mildred Pierce. And I'm wondering how has your relationship evolved from that experience to help you in this project? I mean, quite a lot because on Mildred Pierce, were, there were two editors, me and another editor, Camilla. And I was doing, three, I did, it was a five episode miniseries. I did three episodes and Camilla did two. But I stayed till the very end. I stayed through the mix and all this, the process. So on this one, it was just me and Todd. And uh, in, a, in a odd way, it was almost the same amount of time that we had on Mildred Pierce we had the, on this. So Mildred Pierce was quite a, like a fast, it was a fast turnaround. It's just a, a, such a great pleasure working with him. It's just it's so, so amazing just to, to interact and to see. I knew some of the things that he liked because of our prior experience together. So it just deepened the relationship. And there's something about editing that's not just the collaboration is not just uh, the creative thing, but there's a social aspect that we became like closer as, as friends too, which is quite great, you know? One of the things I noticed when I was watching this film, and I hope I sort of explain this properly, I, I might, might sound a little confusing, but there's a lot of tracking movements or a lot of panning and, and following characters with the camera. And shots like that in and of themselves have their own pacing or timing. And I'm wondering how you you use the pacing and timing from the movement of the camera or the following the actors. How did you work with that to create the pacing in the overall scenes or the film? A lot of it is the way Todd is directing the actors and directing the way Ed is moving the camera. Ed Lachman, the DP, mm-hmm. and Eddie, Ed is setting the camera. 
it kind of informs me how the, the pace is going to work. But so much of it, too, is the way the actors are moving within the frame. So in the first, the, the beginning of the film, where it's more about the falling in love part, the tentative part, the sort of the tension of not knowing what the other person feels. And you use and try to build tension and try to, to create a different pace and rhythm from the second act when finally their love is consummated, but then it breaks because of everything that, that happens. The sizes changes, the rhythm changes, the pace changes. So I'm just trying to, I do follow movements and, and movements of actors and movement of the camera. But in this case, in, in case of Kara specifically, was, you know, I was trying to follow how detailed and how uh, rich the performance of both Kate and Rooney were giving me. And by saying this is this, a lot of times things happen and the, the lines are delivered, or things are done, but then there's an extra walk or an extra move, an extra look and stuff like that. It'd be like, I, I, I wanted to play with that. So I was trying to kind of create a little bit of contrast between the beginning and the end, between the, the changes and how much they evolve in the story by, by way of when I cut or did not cut. You mentioned the looks, and that seems to be such a powerful part of this film, is the subtlety in some of the looks that they give each other is really phenomenal. So what was the rushes like, and what were you looking for in them to pull out these characters more, um, as small things like the, the looks? That was it, because when I... I mean, you don't really know what to expect when you get the rushes, but I got the rushes, and you start cutting, and then you, you start paying close attention. It's like, wow, the the looks and the way they're moving their hands and the way they're touch and not touch each other or just like the way that that carol had this just brushes past therese's back or just have a little bit of movement or just so though as i'm watching i'm taking notes of, of specific things and and rooney it's, it's tiny little moves and mm -hmm. she just cocks the head to the left or to the to the right or she moves the way she sits down or uh, the way she carries herself and as i'm watching and taking notes i said okay I, this this is it you know this is this is where i have to play this is how i have to play this film i didn't want to just waste all my heavy artillery and use so much close-ups in the beginning but then i felt like but i i, I almost have no choice you know the scene of the two of them at uh, having lunch for the first time. Yeah, it's so strong. If I play on on the closer stuff, because it's so incredible the way they smoke, the way they eat their cream spinach, <laughs> and like the, one barely swallowed, the other one is just so classy. So you get there, and you you hopefully you you kind of direct the audience as like, okay, just pay close attention because in the in the details, it's almost like. The way Ed and Todd were shooting it, it was sort of the subtext of what really was happening. So I was doing it. I was following suit in holding the looks, playing with, with gestures, playing with, with just tiny little movements and, and this kind of stuff. Well, it's the, the thing that sort of evolves from these tiny looks and these sort of emotions or, or these sort of moments is this, I guess, the, and I, I don't know how best to say it, but like this sense of sort of like when you were a kid and for the you know you're starting to get crushes on people or you're going on your first date and so you have that inner nervousness but you're also really excited yes and i'm wondering how you guys you and todd work together to sort of reveal that to the audience because it felt like that as i was watching you know the first time they go to to lunch together it's like it was like i was sitting on a first date right in yeah, actual no, life that's exactly it 
And there's this little thing like in the very beginning when Therese sits down that she has to move and you, you hear the sound of the, the chairs. It's like this little squeak. And I remember in the mix, I was sitting there in the mix and, and they had cleaned it up. It'd be like, no, 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 no. You have to put it back because that's the key here. You don't want, you almost, you want to be observed. You want to be the, the person to notice you, but at the same time, you do not want to be noticed. You don't want to be, do anything like wrong. And Here's Therese sitting with this incredibly beautiful, regal human being that knows what to order for lunch and drink, and she can barely like know exactly how to sit down. And that little noise and that little move just says a lot. And I was just going with that. It's, it's, it's like that. If I take the, the, the dialogue, is phenomenal. But if I take it out and I just have to play, if this was a silent first date, how would I do it? And that's basically the way I was doing it. I was like, okay. If they, if they can't say anything, it's just about the looks, okay, let's, let me do this. And when is, ter- when is Carol going to choose to invite her in or when she's going to light the cigarette or when she's going to say, Therese Bellavet. And yeah. so it's, it, it became this, this like that. You built to a silent confrontation there or a silent kind of tense in a, in a most beautiful, like loving way, but in a tense first date, you know. The other thing I wanted to ask was the morality clause scene. So when yeah. Kate Blanchett finds out about the morality clause scene, I was wondering if you could tell me how you approached editing that scene because it's the reactions and everything are so phenomenal in that moment. Uh, between her and the lawyer? Yeah. Again, it was a lot like the way Kate moves around and the way Todd was choreographing her. She moves around and how, how close she gets to the guy and the sizes and the pauses that are playing there. It's a very tense thing because she gets surprised. So in the middle, when she loses her things, like maybe I can do this and you guys. So it's one of, the, one of those scenes when there's overlap and there's one thing on top of each other because it's a rare moment that we see Carol just losing her cool and being completely thrown and be like, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> what is happening here? So in an odd way, we actually focus on how fast we can do that interaction in the beginning. When she, she, she keeps trying to find ideas, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can see her. Maybe I can, you know, guys, you can, you can. And then it stops. So it's the, the frenzy of the middle had to be built, like that explosion had to be built from the beginning and then had to release in a way in the end. And the way that sort of like the music overlaps at the very last shot that carries her, like the music is taking that dark, dark theme from Cara taking her, taking her to the street. So in, a, in an interesting way that you mentioned this scene, because that scene, I actually cut the middle before I cut the beginning and the end. I wanted that middle confrontation to be when something really seriously shifts, you know, and shifts in the cutting and shifts in the overlap and shifting when is we sing who and how. So that's kind of how we, we thought about that, that scene. It amplifies, it builds, 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 explodes, and it quiets down. And then there's this kind of dark release when she walks down the streets to she finds like the, the camera to give to uh, Rooney. The other relationship that I found really interesting was between Kate and Kyle or Kyle Chandler and Kate Blanchett. Yes. And I found it really interesting because it's this, from his perspective, he's he's lost his wife. And the sense I got was that he sort of almost took offense to how he lost his wife uh-huh. or a sense of losing his manhood. Yeah. And so I was wondering, how did you approach editing these scenes between Kate and Kyle? For, I was going for me, me and, and, and Todd, when we chose the performance from Kyle, 
we always chose something that was hurt, but not overtly angry. Even though in the beginning, the very first interaction they have, it's in the kitchen when it's like you seem to, yeah, you've been seeing a lot of Aunt Abby, which you're saying to, to the kid, it, it, it's very terse, but it's not accusing. When he, he loses a little bit uh, in the outside the house, but he's drunk and it's kind of clear that he's drunk. So he says, you know, you're not to be when he falls down and he's cruel, he's a little harsher. But we wanted to keep that kind of like, he's, he's very tense. He's very frustrated. But he loves this woman. He's, he still loves this woman. He says so himself. So we want to have something that is less about release. And again, he does get angry with Abby, but it's out of completely frustration and confusion and loss of a control of what happens. And he, he says to Carl, it, should, it shouldn't be this way. You know, please stay with me. You're beautiful. He's pleading as much as he can and doing as much as he can. And in the scene of the lawyer was the same thing. We wanted him to start in a place that there is an explosion. And then he almost has to catch himself because he's so taken by Carol. So Kyle is pretty fantastic because he gives you choices. He can be just angry or just frustrated or just sad. Because his performance is so strong, we can just navigate when we wanted to use what and how. But we want always to be like true to uh, to the moment, how he would react. Now, I know you have a, a tight schedule today. So I have one last question for you. Sure. And it's a question I ask all the editors I interview, Uh and that's, uh, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film to watch? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that that is tricky. My favorite, this probably doesn't sound like a guilty pleasure, but there's a a film that I watched, I think it probably almost, if this film is on on a plane and and I'm going and fly anywhere, I watch all the President's Men. Okay. That doesn't really feel like guilty pleasure because the film yeah. is amazing. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I, can't, I, I know that I, I know there are plenty. Like there's, no, there's nothing coming to mind right now. But we can go with all all the presidents, men. Okay. Doesn't it feels a little bit like a cheat? It feels a little too self-important. <laughs> well, thank you so much for allowing me to interview. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. So that was my interview with Alfonso. So again, remember the Eddie Awards came out, so you got to go check that out. AOTG.com. Of course, if you have any questions or you want to support this podcast, let us know. You can tweet to us at AOTG Network. You can, of course, get us through Facebook, facebook.com slash AOTG Network. Or, of course, you can email us the old-fashioned way, info at AOTG.com. I'd like to thank Afonso Gonzalez for joining me. I'd also like to thank the PR team who set this up. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.